Peak Performance Plus presents the Summit Club Podcast, your business roundtable discussion for sales and business leaders with your host, Bill Stats. Welcome to episode four. Today, the team and I are going to explore the second pillar of competitive advantage, value discipline, entitled product leadership. Rick, John, and JN, let's step off from the base camp and start the product leadership climb to camp two. What is product leadership? High risk, high reward, lots of fortitude, and depending on the product and the money invested, it's not always a good fit for companies that don't focus on innovation and a process to repeat innovation. Uh, can be how something's done, some examples, diet products, exercise routines, music, it's cutting edge stuff. And uh, I guess for us guys, maybe we just ought to talk about some example companies that demonstrate product leadership as part of their business culture. Well, I think uh, everybody would agree that Apple would certainly be one of these uh, companies. You, you get somebody like Steve Jobs who had a vision um, and put it out there and uh, the company has been highly successful. You know, with companies like this, it's interesting. I think they have to keep uh, reinventing themselves and I think he did a very, very good job of that. And uh, I think he was one of the guys, first guys I remember saying, you know, people don't know what they want. You got to show them what they want. And he was fanatical about his products and developing his products. I mean, he developed the iPad, which again was the first widget of its kind to take the desktop experience and put it in your hand and it still can accomplish many things that a laptop or even a desktop could do. The same thing with um, the iPod and which translated into iTunes and that changed the whole music industry altogether. So when he came out with the iMac, that was the first time that you had the non-nerd type IT type computer, you know, where you had your yeah. TV and you had your printer and this and that, everything well, outside of the printer was all in one and you just take it, put it, put it on your, on your desk, you plug it in and you're done. The whole thing comes to life. He took an existing thing sort of, and just rethought about how it would work and brought it to the masses to get rid of that stigma of people, of the parents on Christmas Eve, of how am I going to get this thing put together and all that, took all that off the table. Well, that's a great example of taking existing product and, and recreating it, making it user-friendly. Rick, what you said earlier though, where one thing that Apple did that was really fascinating was they, they didn't go out and listen and ask their con the consumer, what do you want? They in fact created things that consumers then found out they really wanted. Right. You know, what was, what was the iPod before, you know, be before Apple? It didn't exist. No. So let's create a product that people don't know they need today but we'll buy in mass volume tomorrow. Right. You know, it's funny, we, you know, we're all somewhat familiar with the innovation company IDEO, and you think about the root or the germination of some of the ideas that, whether it was Steve Jobs or, is it Ivy, the guy that did all the, was just, just left the company that was responsible for all the product development stuff? It, it seems like there's always a seed that jobs could identify and either play off of or leverage off of. And I'm sure there were days when he looked at a disc man or a walk man and went, man, is that 
stupid. Well, you know, the guy running down the street or the girl and they're carrying this big clunky thing in their hand. It's, it's like, we, this is ridiculous. And again, as you just said, they don't really ask anybody. They take those, that research that couldn't have been all him, but that they would do. And then they would come up with why don't we try this? Instead of that Walkman or Discman, we've got the technology. Let's, we could build it all in something that's maybe an inch and a half by an inch and a half right. with a headphone jack, which is really incredible. It's also interesting, uh, the customers for, the, for people who, who do well in product leadership, they're just fanatical. I mean, a quick antidote, a few years ago, uh, it's my, one of my daughter's birthdays, and my wife wanted to get her an iPad. They were just coming out. Her birthday was like two days later. So she drags me to the mall and says, it's like 4 o'clock. Let's go over. We'll get the iPad, and we'll go have dinner. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to have dinner at 5 o'clock. I don't want to do that. So we get to the mall. I go to walk in the store, and the guy goes, no, no, sir. You have to get to the end of the line. So now I'm at the end of a line. <laughs> there had to be 200 people in line, and I'm standing there. And I said to the guy in front of me, I go, why are you here? He goes, same reason you're here. I go, I don't think so. He just wanted that product the first day that it came out. Yeah. And that's that, that was, was all it. that was important to him. I said, you know, you can get it online and it takes, I don't care. I want it today. Hmm. And companies that excel in product leadership, that's the kind of customer base they create. You know, you know what's really kind of funny? If you go into the Apple store, it really is kind of upside down from what you're used to because it's almost like, don't get me wrong here, they force technology into the process because that's their business. Because all of a sudden you got somebody with an iPad and they're going to log you in and they can't find you and then go sit at that table and say, what the heck am I doing, you know? So just because they're all wearing blue shirts or whatever, I'm not sure they hit every time on innovation, but they have a line for 200 people. Yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, another one that is uh, an example of product leadership, especially in the case, John, when you were saying that taking something and reinventing it, is Tesla. They were not the first one on the block right. to come up with the electric car. I mean, there were plenty of them going back even to the late 70s and early 80s. You Google enough of that, you could find some really interesting stories. They failed miserably because they were way ahead of the curve. But then you had uh, Fisker. Yeah. And Karma. They, Karma. Yeah, they, they came out with the car, and for whatever reason, that fizzled out, didn't quite work. But then Tesla came along, and he said, all right, I want to come off the bat and see what I can do. And I guess whether it's just technology at the time finally caught up enough where he has the right colors in his palette to paint that painting finally, but it's started to work. Now, also with Tesla, they took that and had other ideas of product leadership, which is the, the solar roof tiles. I don't know how well that's catching on, because um, I think when they came out with that, I went to price my roof, and I think it was like a $60,000 roof, and I don't think that's really going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you say that. Um, they, they almost were, to me anyway, I might be misremembering or it's a revisionist history. I don't think people were talking about self-driving cars <laughs> until all of a sudden, I never even was aware of it until a Tesla hit a barrier or something and it's like no like the driver had it on drive the assist or whatever the yeah. heck it is yeah. it's like no kidding that software is in the car to do that and they just kind of have to turn it on you know it's interesting you talk about product leadership and you talk about Tesla you really have to ask the question is Tesla an automobile company 
or is Tesla a technology That's company? That's true. And a lot of people think that the future of the automobile industry is with technology companies. And GM and Ford and you know, all of the people in that business, all the companies in that business that are great, they better get in the technology business if they want their cars to be relevant 10, 15, 20 years down the road. That's true. I mean, even the, the way that the Tesla and even other cars are getting involved with manufacturing, there's no shaft down from your steering column anymore. You know, it's no. drive-by-wire. You know, it's like a, it's an elaborate video game system you're kind of running your car with. Uh, the dashes are going away. There's no more gauge clusters in some of these cars. I mean, even with, tef te with Tesla, it's, it's a giant iPad fixed to your screen anymore. So to your point, yeah, I think a lot of it is just becoming more technology-oriented that happens to have a roof and four tires hooked onto it. You know what's interesting when you think about Honda? I remember seeing a commercial, and it wasn't yesterday, but they don't define themselves as a transportation company or a car company. They're a power company, mm -hmm. and they do everything from generators to lawnmowers to cars to, and in some cases, commercial vehicles like railroad cars or whatever. I mean, Yamaha, you think about the different, again, brand, uh, what do you call it? When you do extensions? Brand extensions. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. And maybe a lot of that is innovation. Just identifying the extension. To some degree, putting bookends on the conversation where it's not a one-off. We're, we're identifying people that are in the business of innovating. This is the real entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit, which is this category. It's not status quo, how many umbrellas can I move? It's really the, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm thinking of this, how do we make it happen? And then that's that. And it's a dynamic platform in that those companies, Apple hasn't stopped innovating, Tesla hasn't stopped innovating. I mean, they're on their fourth car, I think, with the uh, Model 3, because they've already had the original Tesla, which was almost like a sports car, it was a sports mm -hmm. car. And then the one we're most familiar with, with four-door sedan, and then the SUV with the gull wings, and now every man's electric car. So it's almost a continuing process. And I think the organization, the culture, just that they live and breathe that. Yeah, and I think also the, uh, the genesis for a lot of these companies is a really strong-willed individual who's, who's a large degree of vision. Elon Musk. Elon Musk, Steve Jobs. I mean, yeah. you, know, you can go right down the list and there's, there's generally one person behind it. Now we're talking about technology companies just by, by chance getting this kicked off. There's also Wegmans. Yep. Their leadership is obvious. They have a position of product leadership and yet they're selling commodities. Yes. They're selling boxes of cereal and milk and eggs and things you can get just about on any corner in any major urban suburban area why are they a product leadership example their their stores are impeccable their employees are happy they've got bistros bars take home meals it, it they've taken the food experience and made it a product leadership position for their company that i find really interesting uh, and the depth of, they have to have an incredible research capability because they have stuff to some degree. Trader Joe's might have it, but the normal run-of-the-mill 
supermarket won't have it. I don't care if it's gazpacho or some particular cut, cut of fish or they just seem to be able to figure out what the differentiator is from the customer's view and why when customers leave Wegmans, they go, wow, you know, going to a regular supermarket seems like a, a step down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there were always, Wegmans is, you know, one of the top companies in, a, in America to work. You know, it's interesting to me anyway that, you know, you talk to a lot of people where there aren't a lot of high paid individuals working there and they say, well, you know, you can't expect a lot because they're not getting paid a lot. Well, the same is true of Wegmans, and and as you said earlier, Trader Joe's. Those people just, for whatever reason, couldn't be happier. And it's an interesting dynamic that would be, uh, you know, I think fun to explore at some point in time. You know, another company that would be a good example of companies that are in a product leadership position that don't necessarily create the newest technology or invent the electric car is Marriott. How many companies out there sell hotel rooms to business travelers, vacationers, and so forth? It was Marriott that really came up with the vacation club and point system that now the entire industry Mm -hmm. uses. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today in a a small field um, when you just think about it. And I think if uh, you're looking at uh, product and market leaders, They'll get good margins, but they have to have a process for new and better solutions and services. Uh, to them, innovation's a value differentiator. It's a lot of price stability uh, when you're coming out with not just fads. You know, we're, I don't think anything we've talked about today would you would label as a fad. These these are part of the fabric going forward. Uh, the real question that our team would pose to folks out there that are listening is, number one, how do you determine if product leadership is is right for your business? And number two, how do you execute around that concept and, uh, and stay focused on that value discipline? You don't need to come up with something new. Lots can happen with repackaging, and uh, the whole idea of building on the shoulders of uh, those that have come before. You guys have anything, other thoughts that might come up as far as, well, it's existed, but these people have taken it to a new level. Maybe they've reinvented themselves. I mean, one example, that's Facebook. Um, For any of you that are familiar with Reddit or some other boards out there, Facebook is really just a repackaged message board system. He just, you know, not that taking everything away from Zuckerberg from what he accomplished here, but at the root of that, it's a message board. He just allowed people to uh, wrap their own brand around it, their own personalities, and to start chat rooms and things like that, all based on that existing principle. And speaking with the chat rooms, if any of you out there are using Slack, which is a messaging service, all that is in its infancy is the old school AOL chat rooms. If, you know, really dating myself here for that kind of thing. But essentially, it's just instant messaging and chat rooms. Both of them have been around forever. And Slack has found a way to repackage that into a system where it's closed loop, where you can do that for a business or any other kind of organization. You know what's kind of funny with Slack? Because I never heard about it. And you had mentioned it. 
and I had a conversation with a woman mid-30s and she was talking about changes in her industry and her business or whatever and she said it's to some degree more efficiency and the area of the office complex she's in half the offices are empty because either people have been transferred or reassigned or consolidated or whatever but she said we have this software I'm not really close to a lot of people physically but the software I can type a message and they get it and it comes back or whatever and she said I think it's called slack <laughs> it's like yeah that's slack so it's kind of funny and mm -hmm. once you kind of try to put it in a context messaging well, what I can do instant message like where we came from years ago or whatever it's like it's a little more sophisticated than that and it'll pop right up on your screen and instead of having a meeting sometimes you can just take care of it absolutely yeah interesting yeah product extensions you know it's it's <laughs> when we look at how to uh, really reinvent our business or attain product leadership there's a couple of different ways to do it and if we look at major brands out there whether they're fashion brands you know you'll wonder well like say the Timberland boot company they started as a boot company now you can buy Timberland outerwear Timberland hats you know a number of different products and this is where companies get presented with with opportunities to do product extensions and what, what's a product extension well when you look at your current business there's a couple of different ways you can build your business you can go deeper into a specific product that you're in or you can go wider and expand your distribution to new areas, new countries, things like that. So product extensions give you an opportunity to look at your current base of product and decide, do I want to make more styles? Let's use Timberland as an example. Do we make more styles of boots? Do we make boots that go from the mountain to the boardroom? Or do we now make other products to surround our boots business? So do you go wider or do you go deeper? These are, these are vital decisions to make when you're going to determine what your product leadership position is. Well, to wrap up today, just make sure you understand the perspective of the whole concept is creating or seizing a competitive advantage. And there's three specific disciplines to make some choices around. Uh, one, an earlier discussion we had regarding operational excellence, today's subject, product innovation. And then the next step will be episode five, and that will be uh, focused on customer intimacy. And at that point, we'll give you some direction and some tools to analyze your company's positioning right now and make some choices as to which of these value disciplines best fits your organization. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. And if you have any questions for us on this content or previous content, make sure to drop us a line. If we read your question on the air, you'll get a Summit Club t-shirt. Who doesn't want a good looking t-shirt? Camp two, we're looking forward. Remember, the windshield is a lot bigger than the rear view mirror. So stay tuned, look forward, see you on the mountain.
To learn more about the Summit Club podcast, please find us online at www.summitclubpodcast.com. The Summit Club podcast is recorded and produced by Inertia Marketing and Design, a full-service marketing, digital, and graphic communications agency. You can find them at www.inertia.marketing. Thanks for listening to the Summit Club podcast, and we'll see you at the top.